0: to Radio Miria. This is Crater, a program that looks at a theological or spiritual topic. And um, today we are very pleased to have a new guest with us who will be doing a six-part series, at least. Um, and uh, it's very, very good to have you, Father Brendan Siri, with us Thank today. You. Tell me, where exactly are you uh, uh, broadcasting from right now?
1: So I'm currently broadcasting um, from a parish called Our Lady Help of Christians here in the glorious town uh, of Luton. It's uh, my first parish as as a, as parish priest, mm-hmm. um, so it's very exciting. Um, I'm probably making loads of mistakes, but the people of God are very kind to me so far. So far, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: Great. So you say it's your first your first parish. There.
1: Yeah, so I um so I was ordained back in the glorious year of twenty sixteen. Um mm-hmm. and then I served as an assistant priest at the cathedral um for a few years and then I was um transferred to Milton Keynes, uh, famous for roundabouts and uh, concrete towers, yes. I believe. <laughs> and then um and also the MK Dons, obviously. Shout out there. And then um then a few months ago I was asked by our bishop, Bishop David Oakley to um become the pastor, become the parish priest um of Our Lady Help of Christians, which was uh, a great joy. It is a great joy. Um, not only is it my hometown, uh, but it's the parish uh, that's maybe two parishes away from where I grew up. So I, I I would know the town and the parish quite well.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And um, before we we went on on air, I was looking you up and. And I found some very interesting things on YouTube that you've been doing. Um, I think <laughs> oh one of them was called Lent in 60 Seconds. That's right, yeah. Something like that. And then there was a thing called Churchy Chit Chat, with, them, <laughs> yes, which looked, right. looked very <laughs> intriguing. So <laughs> it seems like you you do have something of a social media presence, um, <laughs> which looks quite fun. But have you done radio before?
1: Um, no, this is my... Uh, I, I did when Pei Benedict died... Um, a few months back and um, i was asked to do like a kind of a 30 second kind of um thought of the day type thing on a sunday morning mm. at an ungodly hour uh, but this is my first proper proper time on a radio so thank you so much for, for the opportunity
0: well we're very we're very pleased to um enable that debut thank and you. um so tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about if it if it doesn't spoil your introduction um
1: no of course um so basically, uh, well, firstly, I was very nervous uh, being asked by your Good selves to uh, to speak today, especially um, since uh, I know all of your listeners will be amazingly holy people anyway. And um, so I was kind of like, I was praying, reflecting, and I I, I thought to myself, Do you know what? I think, especially in this Easter season, it would be good for us to reflect on 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 that universal call to holiness. So the idea that actually the call to be holy. Firstly, what is what is holiness, um, and what does it mean for every single one of us to be called to be holy? Um, and hopefully it will kind of uh, dismantle some kind of myths or kind of preconceptions of what it means to be holy, firstly, and also who can be holy or should be holy as well. And then hopefully um, it will lead in after a glorious music break um, into um, a kind of a, a reflection on the on the four particular vocations that the church uh, teaches, um, with a particular focus, I think, on on priesthood. Obviously, I am I am a priest, thank God. Um, so perhaps just talk my vocations in and um, but then also focusing on on the discernment towards priesthood and um, hopefully as an encouragement to to all of us just to reflect and ask God to help us and uh, we haven't already discerned our vocation to help us discern what God might be calling us to do and to live out that call to holiness and um, so perhaps we uh, will begin and um, everyone just just asking the Lord to to help us in impress so in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen Heavenly Father we thank you for the opportunity of us gathering together to 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 pray the scriptures to um to reflect on what it means to be holy and to reflect also on who is called to holiness itself and we ask that um by reflecting on your word reflecting on on sacred tradition as well we we may be strengthened in our love of you and strengthened in our resolve to always um pursue holiness in our lives and we ask this as always through christ our lord amen so in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen So yeah, so um, as I was saying a few moments ago, um, my reflection today, um, hopefully it's okay, is a reflection on on the universal call to holiness. And I'd like just to uh, perhaps begin um, by quoting from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, uh, chapter 1, verses uh, 3 to 8. St. Paul writes, uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him he destined us in love to be his sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will the praise of his glorious grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved those words are are beautiful um, because they remind us that every single one of us is called to to holiness, um, to called to reflect Christ in our lives, reflect God in our lives. So I'm sure many of us have heard priests, religious retreat givers, talking about this universal call to holiness or holiness in general. And perhaps we think, well, that's okay for priests or religious or um, others, but it's not for me. I think St. Paul is reminding us first and foremost that in creating us in his image and likeness, God has created us to be like him, to, to be like God. And that is essentially what holiness is, is to be, to be like Christ, uh, to, to, um, to grow in holiness, to grow in our love for God and to grow in our love for each other. Now I'm sure like many of us, um, you know, we go to our parishes. I remember when I was younger, um, as I mentioned, I was a, um, parishioner at St. Martin de Porres in, in Luton, uh, which has a beautiful statue, uh, many beautiful statues, in fact. Um, and I always remember as, as a young person looking at their statues thinking they look great, um, but there's no way I can become a saint. There's no way I can be a saint. Um, the statues were perfect. They had kind of, um, you know, the, the skin was perfect. The eyes looked perfect. They just looked holy. And I remember thinking to myself, do you know, okay, saints must be born as saints. They must probably have halos around them as they're born. So it's not something that I am called to. Um, you know, Perhaps if if I'm really good, I might sneak into heaven if I'm really, really lucky, but otherwise i will have to leave kind of holiness and that pursuit of holiness uh, to those who were born holy from the beginning. But then I remember uh, reflecting really, and just kind of um, doing some proper research and, you know, praying with the scriptures um, when I was in sixth form, kind of just doing, doing RE in general, uh, general RE uh, at my school and coming across that passage from Ephesians where St. Paul uh, is essentially reminding us that all of us um, are called to holiness. And and that really struck me because up until that point, so up until 17, 18, I, I genuinely believed that holiness was the preserve of the few. And then I decided I would perhaps read some biographies on some of the saints, that's always a good place to start, right? To read the biographies of the saints. And I remember being struck by by how ordinary their lives are, how how kind of um, I, I was able to kind of empathize or associate or um, imagine myself in their situations. So for example, if we take the um, Saint Ignatius was a great example. Um, we probably know him as the founder of the, the Order of Jesus, the Jesuits. Um, but Saint Ignatius was was a bit of a lad, uh, you know, he kind of grew up um, as a Spanish nobleman and Spanish nobleman, like all noblemen at the time uh, of the 16th century, loved loved partying, um, loved feasting uh, and loved, loved war. And, you know, I remember reading his biography uh, kind of and hearing how he had been injured in a battle and he was convalescing in this monastery and this monastery had a relatively small library, uh, which he read through. And eventually he had this book, this text of the lives of the saints. And as he read it, he realized actually he could be better than them, better than them. So I love the story of that because, you know, here we have a guy who, who basically lived a life that was probably slightly detached from, from God at the time. Right. Um, but then suddenly he's in a situation where he can't do anything. He can't do the things that he would have normally done. So his kind of life was was paused essentially, or kind of like there was a there was a moment of transformation. He he reads about these saints and says to himself, um, "I can do better." So you have an ordinary guy, relatively ordinary guy, who suddenly you know God uses his own kind of personality to bring him closer to himself. So so he, God uses his sense of. I can be better kind of well, almost arrogant in a way, but God uses it for good. He says, do you know what Ignatius show me, show me, you can be better. And then you have a guy who, who basically founds this incredible uh, order uh, where, you know, young men were sent to the fault like far corners of the globe to profess the Catholic faith and to win back uh, people to the Catholic faith as well. And you know, that that's one example amongst many, uh, you see, and, Again, we have a reminder that um you know holiness isn't something that kind of you know is 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 beyond the kind of capacity of every single person. And I think, you know, I was speaking to um, you know, my parents or people of a certain generation, and they would genuinely say to me that, you know, to be holy is like holiness is reserved for priests or religious. You know, it's not it's not for it's not for us. Okay. We might get into heaven on the tailcoats of religious or priests, but like You know, they have the time and the energy and the efforts to do that. And it's something that the Second Vatican Council kind of reminded us, again, by reminding us of the vocation to holiness of every single person and kind of reiterating what St. Paul talked about in that letter to the Ephesians, what scripture talks about throughout uh, the life of Christ as well, is that there isn't a single person, past, present or future, who who is relegated from reflecting God, reflecting Christ in their lives by loving God more and loving their neighbors as well so holiness isn't the preserve of a select few but every single person and i think um that kind of transformed the way i I saw things um so no longer was i thinking okay well to be a saint one has to be perfect at all times but rather to be a saint is to Mm -hmm. is to strive for perfection to strive to be like christ in every situation and, you know, I, I I see that in the example of my parishioners and um, I wish I could say I was the holiest priest alive Um I'm, I'm, I'm I'll try I'll try maybe one day. I'll get there, but I'm certainly not at the moment But I I'm encouraged and strengthened by the example of of my parishioners You have incredible people um, in the words of mother Teresa incredible people who are doing seemingly ordinary things with extraordinary love and that's exactly and um, what i believe uh, is, is 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 at the core of that call to holiness the call to reflect christ in our lives not all of us are called to be priests not all of us are called to be religious not all of us are called to go to the far corners of the earth to proclaim christ crucified and risen but all of us are called to to do ordinary things with extraordinary love and as i say, that is at the very heart of what it means um in that call to holiness now, i remember um a while ago uh going and visiting some parishioners and um you know kind of again having this conversation about you know what it means to be holy and they're saying you know father you're very holy and so on i'm trying to tell them this isn't true um like uh, you know i i'm, I'm striving towards holiness, so I'm, you know but obviously i'm, I'm not perfect um uh, obviously <laughs> so um and i remember them saying you know um it's all very good you know priests talking about it but you know i it's it's not for us because we can't spend many hours in prayer or we're not like the the great contemplative orders of our faith who are able to spend many many hours before the the blessed sacrament or, or or things like this and you know again i i reminded them of saint francis de sales you know his introduction to the devout life where he says do you know what um, every single person is called in their own particular vocation to live and to grow in holiness so what is expected of a carthusian monk is very different to what is expected of a bishop uh, which is also very different to what's expected of people who are married or have a family or, and, and children and so on. You know, we're not expecting uh, people who are living out that beautiful vocation of marriage or that beautiful vocation of, of their single life or, or, you know, whatever to, to spend many, many hours in prayer, like, you know, and to grow in holiness in that way. Rather they can grow in holiness through living out their lives and reflecting Christ. I suppose at this point, we're probably thinking, okay, fine. You know, it's nice, priests say nice things. That's good. But you know, what, what does that mean for me in my daily life? Like what does, you know, we, we have that call to that universal call to holiness, which is found in the scriptures, especially um, manifest in the writings of St. Paul to the Ephesians. We have it again, reiterated in, in the documents of the second Vatican council. We have it reiterated by countless popes, including, uh, Pope john paul ii pope benedict 16th and now of course uh, pope francis but what does it actually mean and how can i live out that universal call to holiness every single one of us can live out that call to holiness by trying to imitate christ in as best as way possible so what does that mean it means for example you know something as simple as you know kind of just saying hello to to the person on the street right or even even something as simple now um you know, if we live in, an, in a town, we're uh, a town or city, we, we might see people who are homeless uh, for whatever reason, or who are on the streets for whatever reason. What often happens is that they are dehumanized. They're, they kind of not, they're almost ignored. Then they're, they're not seen really. So one way in which we can be Christ in that situation is, is, is to see them and to, to say hello, uh, to say, how, how are you? You know, something simple, human things like that remind them that actually they are that they are our brothers and sisters okay and um, they are our, you know that they're, they're Christ to us and we should be Christ to them you know and um, there's also ways in which I you know okay I, this is this is a bit of a confession right so please please don't judge me this is why you know I'm not a perfect priest when like I'm if you ask anyone who knows me they might say or hopefully will say that I'm I'm generally a nice person okay I'm generally like a, a good person when I'm behind the wheel of a car, like I'm, I'm like a different person. Okay. I'm like a totally different person. I get frustrated. I get irate. I get sort of uh, whatever. And it's normally because um, I have an interesting sense of time. So I don't, I don't tend to, to put enough time getting from one thing to another. So I'm usually rushing, which is my fault. That's my fault. But again, one way in which, you know, perhaps I can live out that call to holiness is actually rather than being annoyed at the person in front of me, is to, it's, it's just a it's just a. Is is to see them as Christ, right? And hopefully if I see them as Christ, I'm not gonna be shouting at them or saying unchristian words to them. But rather I'm gonna in a certain way. I think ultimately not only is a universal call to holiness the the kind of idea that you know we have um love at the very center, but also that 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 idea that actually we we are called to serve others and we're called to see others as Christ. And that's a way in which we can live out that that call to be Christ to others and then and, and to grow in our love uh, for God as well now in the in the gospel today uh, we hear of Jesus having a conversation with uh, Nicodemus, one of the the Jewish kind of like um kind of elders and and he says to Nicodemus that you know one must be born from above, and of course, I was reflecting uh the two masses this morning and, and this afternoon that there must have been a sort of a an, an incredul a uh, kind of a sense of like, is, is Jesus mad at this point? Because, you know, like what does it mean to be born from above? You know, does it mean that we go back into our mother's womb? I mean, you can, I, I can almost imagine the kind of tone in which Nicodemus says that to Jesus. Right. But then Jesus says, no, like we must be born of water and the spirit. And essentially he says that all of us are, are called to be reborn in baptism. And again, if we look at this, uh, the sacred scriptures and the traditions of our church, we recognize actually that, it's in baptism that we receive that call, that mandate, that vocation to, to live out holiness, to be Christ in the world. Um, you know, we become part of the body of Christ, we become part of the mystical body of Christ, we become part of the, the, the church. And so it's, it's, it's through the sacrament of baptism that, that we are like, every single one of us receive that, that call to be Christ. Um, and that is essentially what is at the, out of the center of what it means to be the universal call to holiness is to be Christ. What you know, it's that whole thing. Um, I'm sure many of us would have seen those bracelets or whatever. You know, you know, what would Jesus do? And essentially, that that's 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 how we can how we can strive towards holiness. Is what would Jesus do in this very moment? Um, and the great thing is that we don't need to to think on our own, but we have the the beauty of the church, traditions, the beauty of the scriptures to help us and um, to understand what Jesus would require of us in that situation. And the church then teaches that not only do we have that universal call to holiness, the sort of umbrella that kind of bridges everything, but we also have particular vocations um, of holiness ways in which we can live out that call to holiness. But I'm conscious, I've probably spoken a bit too long. So we'll maybe reflect on on that kind of the particular ways in which we can live out that call to holiness and perhaps just after this music break. Oh, I love to
2: hear the song of creation, the wind and the rhythm of the rain. Oh, the thunder, it speaks of your power, but there's something in the sound of the saints. I've been washed in the roar of the ocean, found peace in the echoes of a cave. In the trees of the field they clap their hands, but there's something in the sound of the saints. From the lips of those you saved, a redemption song will rise. With a sound so full it cracks the sky. A symphony of praise I long to hear the voice of my Savior And He hears us, the sound of the saints From the lips of those you saved A redemption song will rise Every tongue, every tribe Hear the church, your right Whoa! as we march on design singing alleluia amen alleluia
1: moments ago we were reflecting on um the understanding within our faith within the church of that universal call to holiness the idea that um in the words of saint paul to writing to the ephesians that uh, god in creating us um destined us to to be holy and holiness is essentially being christ uh, to the world by having uh, that love that christ has for us and reflecting it to others in our daily encounters. And that is that that universal call to holiness. Every single person, uh, regardless of where they happen to be on that great faith journey, whether faith is strong or they struggle with the whole idea of faith, all of us are called uh, to, to be a saint and that's why we had that beautiful song just a few moments ago we have the the, the saints are a great bunch of people uh, from different times different uh, sort of experiences and um, uh, but all of them are united in their love of God and reflecting that love to others and so all of us have that call um, to holiness but the church teaches us also that uh, within that there are uh, four particular uh, vocations uh, in which we are called to live out that call, that ultimate call, that that, that universal call to holiness. And those vocations are um, married life, uh, single life, religious life, and and the priesthood. Now, earlier today, we had um, we have 7:30 mass here um, in the parish uh, for people going off to work and so on. And it was beautiful today because we had the celebration of a um, a couple's 40th wedding anniversary. And it was beautiful to be able to ask God to continue to bless them for the next forty years or so um, of of their marriage, but uh, to reflect also that in the beautiful vocation of of marriage, we have a reflection of God's love for each other, that sacrificial love for another, in the sense of, you know for that couple uh, with all the ups and downs, hopefully more ups than than downs, really, and um, we have the the sacrificing of self for the other the other. And that's one way in which, um, in that particular vocation, they were able to live out, live out that call to holiness, that call to love. And I see it even with my, with my parents, um, marriage that, you know, they, they, um, I'm one of eight, um, children i am number seven, which is obviously the best of, of all of them, obviously. Um, but you know, we have that, you know, again, you know, what my parents taught me by living out their vacation, um, was that, you know, sacrifice uh, is is easy when it's made in the spirit of love, in the spirit of love. And I think that's what we see in that beautiful vacation of, of marriage. It's a, it's a vocation where we grow in our love for the other and um, that love, um, you know, God willing bears fruit in, in children. Uh, but then we also have that kind of that sacrificing of self for the other and then for for the family. And that's what I learned uh, from my parents and that's what we're able to celebrate with those parishioners. Um, earlier this morning we also see that on the vacation um of the single life now some people often ask me like, well father you know they get religious life you know they get you know if that's if you know priesthood they get married life but what does it mean to be single how does one discern the single life the single life is a beautiful vacation by which uh, men uh, men and women live in the world and what i mean by that is they you know they would have um kind of uh, kind of secular jobs they'd have kind of a secular interest and so on but um, they're able to give off their time their energy their love to others are able to serve others um because their first focus isn't necessarily their immediate family as in a spouse or children but rather can be the kind of the the greater community the greater family of of the parish the, the, the kind of the community in general or you know the workplace wherever they happen to be that, that they're able to serve in that way. Um and I think perhaps, you know, it, it is a vocation that's perhaps not understood greatly. Um, but it is a beautiful vocation. And I've seen some of my 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 some close friends who are living out that vocation. Um and they are the most joy filled people, uh, the holiest people, you know, I've encountered. Um and you know there is nothing that is too much uh, for them because they do everything well everything they do D is is done in the spirits of of love and of being Christ to the other. Now, I'm not naive to think that it's always easy, um, either is it easy in, in priesthood or, or religious life or married life. But again, with God's grace, uh, we're able to persevere in whatever vocation he gives us. So what I thought, if, if it's okay with yourselves, is perhaps just to also reflect on, on that vocation to you to priest it. I'm supposed to make sense since I am a priest. Uh, so perhaps reflect on my journey towards priesthood and perhaps use it as a kind of a springboard into, into perhaps, um, inviting uh, those of us who, who haven't yet discerned our vocation to to discern and hopefully give courage uh, to people to, to have faith and trust in the Lord, that whatever the Lord is asking of them, uh, to, to allow, to allow him to, to, to use them to, to build up his kingdom and to, to build up, um, saints the, the the brotherhood of sainthood and um, so uh, yeah so for myself i think probably the first time i thought of the priesthood if we can use those terms thought of priesthood uh, was probably as a seven year old okay i was the compunctious uh, child who used to dress up in my dressing gown um used to invite friends around have a little coffee table in my parents sitting room um and kind of like read from a children's Bible. Um, So I'm not sure how well I would have done that. I suppose I would have just said random words, kind of mimicking the priest in a way. Um, And then I used to kind of like distribute, I use inverted commas here, distribute holy communion in the form of um, Ribena juice and kind of like Milky Bar buttons, okay? And obviously being the priest meant that none of my friends could talk because only the priest could talk at mass, right? So I'm I'm sure I was the person that everyone loved going around to their homes to. Um, and then I remember kind of at seven, kind of going to my parents saying, "Mum, dad, I would love to be a priest and like them, you know, like all parents, parents said, yes, yeah, that's, that's nice. That's great, Brendan, but perhaps think of something else. Right. So, so I did. And I think, you know, a little while later I was wanting to become a, um, a fireman or a policeman or whatever, you know, I suppose as children, you always, you always want to be, um, you're, you always want to imitate what's kind of in front of you, I suppose. I think I suppose the next time I really, I really kind of thought of the idea of priesthood or kind of like discerned the idea of priesthood was when I was about 15. Um, so I went to went to Lourdes in the south of France um, and it was that time when, uh, so back in 2005, Pope John Paul II was also uh, visiting Lords at the time. It was one of his last, if not the last um, kind of uh, apostolic trip before he sadly died. Um, so, sorry, this is back in 2004 even. And um, so I remember, I remember going and of course being really excited to see the Pope because, you know, we grew up in a Catholic household. Um, my parents have fond memories of when Pope John Paul II visited Ireland in in the 70s. And um, so they're, they're really excited to see the kind of the, the rock star Pope, right? So I remember getting really, really excited. The Pope I would only ever see on television um, or kind of like in history books. So to see an actual Pope in real life was, was like, very, very, very exciting. And I remember um, kind of being caught up in the excitement of of seeing Pope John Paul II, um, and as he was driving through the kind of the the congregation just before uh, he offered mass, and I remember, you know, getting really excited and like waving and then you know, viva Papa as, as people normally do, right? Um, but then I remember having this moment where I, I I saw his eyes. Now I remember this. I'm sure uh, Pope John Paul II doesn't. He would have seen hundreds of thousands of people looking at him at that moment but i remember seeing seeing somebody who despite the fact that at this stage you know he's a few months away from passing into eternity he is you know he is, he's 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 suffering um you know he's he, he's he's very, he's much older you know he's he's suffering from parkinson's and so on so here is a person that you know in anyone else would kind of put their feet up and you know sm- smoke a pipe or something by the fire you know just to relax and enjoy this this last few moments but what I saw in those eyes was somebody who was so in love with God, who who recognized, as we just heard, um, that every single person, every single person is called to holiness, is called to reflect the love that God has for, for humanity to each and every person they encounter. And with every, every ounce of his strength, he wanted to share that reality that God loves us and calls us into a relationship with him. And that relationship challenges us to, to be holy, to be a saint, to, to reflect God's love uh, to the world. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I, I want that. I want to do that. I want to, I want to help people. Uh, I want to lead myself to holiness, but I want to lead other people to holiness as well through the sacraments. Right. And again, I remember going to my parents and saying, mom, dad, I'd love to be a priest again. Good, good parents. They said, yeah, that's great, Brendan. Fantastic. But also maybe think of other things. And I remember thinking, okay, fine. And then, you know, entering into, into sixth form, to A-levels, to kind of final exams before thoughts of university and stuff came up. Um, so I remember thinking, okay, fine. So then I chose A-levels. I, I wanted to read law at university. Um, and, and kind of the idea of priesthood kind of went to the back of my mind. I I thought that, okay, priesthood is good. You know, we need priests, but my vocation is different. My calling is different. I want to, you know, I'll probably be like my parents. Um, I'll get married um, to a beautiful wife. Um, we'll have loads and loads of children, and that will be that'd be my that'd be our living out as, as 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 good as as good parents right and then again i was i was um in lords with a school group um and we were spending some time in front of the blessed sacraments so in in prayer and you know my my prayer life wasn't exactly the most exciting uh, as a 17 year old um so it was basically a case of okay well i was asked by all of these people to pray for them so i literally had my list i read through my list and said you know, pray for my my granddad, I pray for so-and-so I pray for this person and so-and-so and pray for, you know, Mary Kelly, who lives down the red, all the, all the sort of stuff as you would normally do. Right. And then I, I finished my list. I finished my list and I thought to myself, okay, well, what do I do now? And then the whole theme of that week, um, had been about kind of trusting in God and asking God to, to help you discern, to, to find out your, your vocation, whatever that might be, your calling. And then at that point am I, I, I decided, okay, you know, God, what, what do you want me to be? And, you know, in my, in my arrogance, I suppose I I was basically telling God, like, I, I basically want to be a barrister. I want to be a lawyer. I want to earn loads of money. So I was kind of telling him this and, you know, I was like 95% happy, which is great. Like that's, that's really good. But then at that moment, the idea of priesthood came back into my heart, you know, priesthood being the way in which I live out that call to holiness. And whilst my heart leapt, this is a, this is another confession. So please don't judge me. I think I was, I was slightly devastated in myself because of course I had set everything up to, to go to university, to kind of, to, to, to read law. I, I had my life set up, but again, this is where it comes in having, having faith and trust that God has set our vocation, our, our calling to live out holiness in whatever way that might be from the moment we were conceived, the moment we came into existence. So, so I, I thought to myself, okay, well, well, we'll see where it goes. So I, I, I came back, um, I came back home. Um, well actually before then, actually, uh, this is, this has got to work. I, I I, honestly believe I said, okay, well, okay, God, if you want me to be a priest, uh, let me see, like, let me see what it's like. And if you've been to Lourdes before, you'll know, there's, um, there's adoration, there's, there's, there's um, kind of a procession of the best sacrament through the streets after uh, through the sanctuary in, in Lourdes. And they needed, they needed four guys to, basically, um, to process, uh, with, with, the, with the, with the Bishop and, and, and so on with the best sacrament and I was one of them chosen. So as, as one of the kind of four helpers, uh, we get to wear like albs and stuff, which is essentially what the priests were wearing. So we kind of like, I got to look like a priest, like kind of a mini priest, right? I'm obviously not a very good priest then, but like, yeah. So I thought, okay, fine. And then there was, um, another encounter where one of the people we were helping, um, kind of stopped and stared. There were three of us and stared, and she was looking and said, um you know she, she gave such a look and of course as a as an awkward 17 year old teenager like you always thinking like oh is it like a spot or something was there something in my teeth or whatever you're always self-conscious right so i said oh gosh and then she said oh you know one of you one of you will be a priest and she was looking she was looking at me so i was like oh dear god no <laughs> so um so I thought, okay fine okay I'll, I'll i'll see where this goes so then i came back told my parents um and they're like okay fine speak to you speak to the local priests which I did, so I spoke to my my parish priest, uh, Father Jonathan. Uh, he got me in touch with uh, Father Mark, who was the then vocation director, and and from then it kind of led into the uh, the whole journey towards towards priesthood. But I, I suppose what I wanted to share in, in 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 that story is that you know we might know or we might think we know what God wants of us or what what will make us the happiest. Um, I suppose the reality of 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 life is that you know god creates us in his image and likeness and from the moment we were conceived he has he has written a plan for us and that plan is is the plan to to bring his love to the world um and you know to live it out in whatever vocation that is so you know whatever vocation we're called to um you know we trust that actually living out that vocation will bring us the greatest happiness will bring us the greatest happiness and that isn't to say that being a priest has been plain sailing, you know, I, I've, I've had ups and downs. I've had ups and downs in seminary, um. you know, the the, the place where um, you, you kind of discern in a very, very kind of um, particular way um, that journey towards priesthood. But, you know, regardless of the ups and downs, you know, I, I can think of no other way in which I could live my life that would give me the greatest happiness. And that is true of my parents in their beautiful marriage. And um, again, you know, they had their ups and downs like all, all married couples. Um, as I said, I'm not naive enough to think that every marriage is perfect. Um, you know there are, there are struggles, there are difficulties, there are challenges, but with perseverance and, and, and with, with trust in the Lord, you know, hopefully we're able to, to overcome this um, and to live out that call to holiness. And so, yeah, that was, um, that is my kind of way of living at that particular call to, to holiness through, um, through the priesthood. And not only do I want to share the way in which I suppose one discerns that and um, kind of being attentive to, attentive to God, uh, but being attentive to God isn't simply just reading the scriptures or it's also being attentive to what God might be telling us through, through our life experiences. So, you know, I look back now and see, okay, great. I actually see incredible people who directed me towards the priesthood. I see incredible people who, who by their example, uh, helped me know that actually this is what God is calling me to do. You know, just to very quickly, just to use one was, um, you know, one of my first parish, uh, the parish priest, I kind of, began life with, I suppose, uh, was, was a priest called Father Neville McClement. And, you know, he, he, he relatively short person, short priest, you know, softly spoken, but, you know, I, I, used to see him and honestly think he was Jesus Christ himself, because, you know, that's, you know, as a child, you understand, okay, the priest is, the priest is Jesus. Right. So I genuinely thought this was Jesus, um but how I can see him and his influence in helping me towards priesthood um, and living out that particular call to holiness um was that, you know, my family began to through some difficult times um my dad had suffered uh, like a heart attack essentially i hadn't like i didn't appreciate at the time how close my father was to to dying and of course my mom was then torn between her eight children you know and obviously i was a young person maybe five or six and uh, my little brother was only four and then the others up above me and um, so she was my mom was struck between um torn between being with being with us, obviously looking after us and being with her her best friend, her husband and father Neville would come around and, you know, he would make sure that he would spend the night uh, with my dad in the hospital, you know, praying with him and so on. And um, so that my mum knew that someone was with him and um, which I thought was an example of sacrifice, an example of love, an example of, of true fatherhood of living out, you know, what would Jesus do? Jesus would do that, right? Jesus would do that. Jesus would be with that person because, you know, my mom wasn't able to be with my dad. So, so, so father Neville was, and then he'd get like, he'd stay the night. And then the next day he'd have a whole kind of like an agenda full no doubt, of, of different things he'd have to do. And then when we were off to school, um, you know, I heard about this later, you know, father Neville would pop around and obviously my mom would be upset naturally. Um, and obviously in those days, if he didn't work, he didn't Ah. get like, there there was no money into the house. Right. And so it a, a children like food, right. (laughs) So, so I remember, um, every time he'd pop around, you know, there'd be like a sort of a, a 20 pound note, um, kind of like hidden somewhere. So it didn't embarrass my mum because like it wasn't like directly given to her, right? But um, but 20 pounds in those days was a lot of money. It, it kept us going. And again, that's an example of someone who who is who, who's living out that call to holiness, call to love um, by sacrificing for another. And I think I, I see that and there were countless others who then led me towards the Selling Priesthood. And I think for all of us, I think if we reflect on our lives, if we haven't already discerned our vocation, I think, you know, we can see people in our lives or, or moments or events that that kind of like direct us to where God might be leading us, whether that is priesthood, whether it's the religious life, whether it's the single life or married life, you know, so I just encourage each and every one of you to firstly recognize that call to holiness that God has given us. There isn't a single person who is not called to become a saint. And secondly, you know, ask the Lord's. Um, be bold and say, like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to be a priest? Do you want me to be a to be married? Whatever. Like, just be bold and ask those questions because, you know, I promise you, the Lord's the Lord will will provide you an answer. Um, you know, we just have to be attentive to to, to to listening to it. So, so yeah. So um, I think yeah. Once again, I think I've spoken enough. So perhaps we can go into another uh, music break before we come back. I'm um, gonna hopefully have some questions.
0: Yes, and. Uh something I mentioned earlier when we were looking at these music choices, this is perhaps the first time we've played Regina Spectral on the radio, although my colleagues might might correct me on that. It's a very beautiful song, very beautiful voice, and um, singing the call
3: quiet thought which then turned into a quiet word and then that word changing doesn't mean it's never been this way before. All you can do is try to know who your friends are as you head on.
0: You're listening to Credo on Radio Maria, England, and we have been listening to Father Brendan Siri, the first um, of a six-part uh, series of talks, and um, and he's been talking to us about responding to the universal call to holiness. And um, there was something that you said that that I wanted to uh, have you go back to, and and it's something that I feel like gets a little bit um i feel like people when they speak about vocations they sort of shy away from from this idea of us having a a specific call from god sure and i i found it interesting that you you kind of honed in on that and um i imagine that the reason is that that some people probably find that a little bit daunting um, sure maybe you know if you get it wrong then <laughs> yes <laughs> you completely missed the boat but i, I wonder if maybe you have a different perspective on it and on how perhaps it, it a person can go from seeing that as a daunting thing to being a freeing thing
1: yeah absolutely i mean i suppose um again once again just using the example of of the priesthood i think um historically the idea that you know when one went off to seminary, like one was becoming a priest, right? Like that was, that was like, you were going to the kind of like priest factory in a sense, and we'll see you in six or seven years or eight years and you'll be a priest. And that there was a kinda of like, I mean, and I think for some, it's, it's still there that the, that, that the sense of like, Oh, you know, um, if, if I leave seminary, if I just turn out of seminary after a few years, then then I failed in some way. And I think that's, that's um in like a manifestation of that kind of idea that you know what if i what if it's a miss like if i make a mistake or whatever i'm discerning wrong or whatever you know those, those sort of ideas and i think you know that 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 isn't 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 helpful because you know um there's you know, somebody who discerns outside of, out of seminary after after a few years i i think well thank god you know that's that's the purpose of seminary right the seminary isn't to to like mass produce priests it's it's to it's to it's to give guys a a very particular place to to discern and that's one of the reasons why you know people go to seminary they kind of like remove themselves um from some of the busyness of the world in order to to discern a priesthood in a very particular way and you know um the same is true of all the vocations you know whatever vocation we might feel called to firstly it's the vocation that will give us the greatest happiness okay that's not to say it's the easiest vocation because yeah, i don't think any of the vocations are easy you know um because i know some people say oh you know priesthood is like you know it's the, the most sacrificial vocational religious life whatever i i think every vocation every vocation because every vocation is 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 one way in which we can live out God's love and serve others, right? So, so, so every single vocation has its own kind of, it's kind of, it's it's ups and downs. That's 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 the life of faith. But you know, my my encouragement is just to is to be brave and to say, do you know what? Like, there are no mistakes mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to discerning vocation. You know, we we ask, we you know, as long as we are attentive to the voice of the Lord, um, either through the scriptures, either through what people say to us in ourselves, whatever kind of brings us to life, whatever gives us. Uh, great joy and contentment, like that's 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 a way in which we can help discern our vocation. So I would say, be brave, uh, be bold, and uh, kind of you know be be generous with the Lord. Uh, you know whatever the Lord is calling you to, like we, we we will know, we will know what the Lord is calling us to, um by being attentive to Him. But as I say, whether it's through the scriptures, whether it's through coming to Mass, or whether it's even just um, you know what people say to us. You know people, um, it's funny uh, growing up, people always thought I'd make a really good priest and I ran a, like a mile the other way, but it's almost as if they could see that before I could, you know? So I think, yeah, just, just be bold and like, not to, you know, hopefully not to have this idea that if, if, if I, if I say I'm discerning something and it's not for me, then I'll, then I'll look like a fool. Like that, that's not the case. That's, that shows a great maturity of faith as well, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. No,
0: that's, I think that's, that's really, really helpful. And I think one of the things you said, which, which I found quite moving was this idea of being bold with God yeah. and asking yeah. Him to show you the way, because um, it comes with a certain kind of excitement to it, but it's also fairly yeah. uh, frightening, you know the the absolutely because then you have to do something about it.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, again, it's, it's it's indicative of our faith, right? It's um, you know, part of a relationship is is that there has to be a response. So you know we end like you know our faith is that we are created to be in a relationship with god and for us to enter into the relationship requires us to respond to the call that god gives us whatever that might be which is which is terrifying in one way right because like we're <laughs> thinking like my goodness like wow like how do i how do i respond to that call and what if what if this call you know actually you know it's, it's something that I'm, I'm i'm worried about or something you know i i don't feel um you know i'd live up to i remember and um, somebody once said like, oh, you know, I don't feel I don't feel holy enough to be a priest or I don't feel good enough to be a priest. And I was like, what? No one's good enough to be a priest, right? No one's good enough to to, to, to be a spouse. No one's good enough to like that's that's not that's not what it is. It's yeah. it's ways in which we live out live out God's love and that call to holiness, the a call to reflect him uh, to others, which is terrifying on the one hand, but also extremely exciting. On the other hand, it's, it's like two two wings to the same bird. Right. So like kind of like you need both. It's It's terrifying. In the sense it does require us to respond but exciting because in responding to that call like we will be on the greatest journey um, ever
0: Wow so we're gonna go to um, the last song that you've chosen for today Perfect. and um, it's called Christ is risen by Matt Maher he has Matt Maher singing Christ is risen mm-hmm. You're listening to Radio Maria, and this is Crater, And um, we're almost come to the end of the program, but we have a caller on the line. And uh, hello, Helena.
3: Oh, hello, hello. Thank you, Father, uh, for telling us your beautiful testimony and your vocation story.
0: Oh, looks like um, we just lost connection with Father Siri, unfortunately. <laughs>
3: Well, I'll share something with you, Tim, then.
0: Good. <laughs> Go then for we, it.
3: Um, so my son wants to be a YouTuber when he Wait, grows he's up. back. He's back.
0: Oh he's back. <laughs> I sorry, remember. sorry.
1: Oh sorry. <laughs> All
0: so right. Make... Go for it, Helena. Um,
3: so my son is so far, he thinks his vocation is to become a YouTube star. Which is fine. It is fine. Um how can, do you have any advice of how to keep our young people open, open to the call, or open to just thinking something, oh, I'm getting shouted at by my son now. <laughs> but how do we keep them, I mean, I think YouTube could be a good thing. He can make saints and evangelize through YouTube. But there's a lot of stigma around social media and sure. also keeping them safe. Any sure. words of advice, Father Brennan?
0: you got 30 yeah, seconds I
1: think, uh, yeah i do you know, like yeah 30 seconds. <laughs> great 20 seconds um I, I think firstly um we should never be afraid of new medias i think you know i look at the printing press and stuff back in the day you know social media is a fantastic way in which we can ring uh, reach our young people I look at my nephews and nieces they spend most of their time on like tiktok or whatever so like it's good for us to have a presence and um, i think in terms of uh, keeping our young people engaged i i think it's stressing the importance of a relationship with christ right i think the second you know church or faith becomes about rules or regulations whatever And i'm speaking as a canon lawyer a very bad one at that but like you know the second it becomes about rules we lose our young people we lose everyone right because those don't make sense they only make sense in the context of a relationship so our young people tend to see like you know well how how do that like how do their elders like relate to faith so if we have a living relationship with christ and the church you know in whatever way that can be you know that they're, they're bound to respond in a positive way. You know, it might not always work, um, but, you know, certainly it's, certainly it's a way in which we can keep our young people um, uh, attracted to faith. And you're absolutely right. Like things like YouTube or TikTok or Instagram are fantastic ways uh, in which we can have that new evangelization. Right. So just encourage uh, your young people to, to do that. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Helena. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to ask you to end with a prayer. And, um
1: so in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, our time together. And we pray that we may respond generously to that universal call to holiness, to be a uh, Christ present in our world. And we pray that uh, with your grace, we may overcome any trials or tribulations, and we may be able to respond boldly and generously to whatever you ask of us. And as always, we ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen.